Good Saturday morning to you. Happy spring. We're still talking winter sports as we wrap them up as we're moving through the state basketball playoffs. We're still alive with two teams advancing from last night. We've got one more with the opportunity to advance this afternoon. We'll talk about those and a whole lot more here on Sports Saturday. Brought to you by Gears Dairy, Schuylkill County's oldest family-owned full-service dairy on the Tumbling Run Road. They've got the dairy line from whole milk to skim milk and the delicious iced tea products featuring the raspberry tea line with raspberry regular and diet decaf and the orange juice to keep you nice and loaded up with vitamin C this cold and flu season. Don't forget, life is about motion and motion brings on injuries. So injuries are just part of life. If you need to find yourself recovering from an injury or some type of ailment, you want to check out the fine folks at Phoenix Rehab. Phoenix Physical Therapy brings you five convenient locations across our area from Frackville, Pottsville, Orgsburg, Higgins, and, or Pine Grove, and Gratz. Check them out. Frackville, Pottsville, Orgsburg. Pine Grove and Gratz. It's Phoenix Physical Therapy where you can recover, recharge, and rise. No matter if you're a professional or a weekend warrior like Bernie and I. Good morning, Bernie Forgotch. Welcome to the program here today. Life is about motion. So good to be joining it today, Edward. First day of spring and sharing the show with Edward. Doesn't get a whole lot better than that. It's a distinct honor and privilege. Well, thank you for joining us, Bernie. And we had two games last night uh, of local uh, teams participating and uh, we'll look at those. Uh, we'll give you the scores here first. The scores last night in the boys' single A. a one for the ages. Nativity down St. John Newman up on Lawton's Hill, 72 to 70. I met a lot of friends last night around uh, 1030, Bernie, and they said to me, Doc, did you catch that Nativity game? And I said, no, I watched North Carolina lose in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> But obviously a lot of people around the area watching that uh, Nativity game last night via streaming services. Well, if any people heard a big rush of wind last night, that was the air coming out of my bracket. I'm <laughs> devastated. <laughs> Girls 2A Monoy, the super duper Monoy area Lady Golden Bears. 56-26 winners over Bishop McDevitt. And guess what? They don't have to travel back to the city of brotherly love next time. Well, I, I read about that, and this is incredible, that the only game their opponents won was the game that got them into this game. <laughs> finished like 1-12. and 12. How does that happen? I don't know. It always seems to happen when we talk about this, uh, these uh, state tournaments. There's always that one team, and it's always funny how it happens, Bernie. I'm not sure what the deal is or whatever, but they probably, Bishop McDevitt probably won the league 42 years ago to the date, and then they found themselves uh, getting into the tournament uh, and uh, winning a game and advancing on. It, it's always crazy how uh, things come out of that District 1, District 12 every year. And uh, the more we talk about it, the more it just seems like it keeps on coming uh, up again and again every year. And I don't understand it. Uh, somebody will have to sit me down one of these days and say, you know what? 
this is the way it works and this is the way it goes and you know and we'll, we'll we'll be able to sit and talk about it but until that day i will not understand it it's almost like uh when uh, we have power rankings uh in uh, high school football and they they come out to these weird numbers and i'd be like people are like how do they come up with these numbers i'm like well it goes by the number of people in attendance uh, for each school, you divide it by the number of the times the urinals flush it, multiply it by the number of hot cocos purchased from the band boost. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, these numbers that they come up with, you know, years ago it was easy. You know, if you beat an opponent, it was 10 points in a power rank. And if they beat your opponent, blah, 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 blah. You know, there was some type of rhyme or reason. Now they come up with this like 0.94681224812. Ugh. The closest I can figure, it's a combination of your winning percentage and your opponent's winning percentages, and I'm not quite sure though how they factor in the size of the schools. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of goofy, but you know what? It works. Uh, it keeps things uh, in, in line, and I'm not going to question the powers that be. Let's say, as uh, you know, we don't want to be known as the uh, cancel cultured sports mm. talk show. Well, noticing again, District 1, we had the Williams Valley game the other night, and only two teams qualified for the, the district championship, and they played in the final. And part of the reason because of the, the COVID. But again, same thing with these guys. I think apparently only two teams qualified for districts, and somehow this team won a game. So, and the only one, they're. One this year, but here, here's the here's the question: Is this is the what third game, or no, the second game in, in state playoffs that that Monoy played, right? Uh, it would be the second one, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, did they get a first round bye after winning? You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, some. It, I think the brackets were ordained ahead of time before they knew who would do what. So it, I don't believe it went by better record or anything like that. They had the brackets set up. Now they're going by better records to determine who's playing a home game. So. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, the good thing, you know, right now, time and uh, location not yet announced for Monday's game, but you know, hopefully, hopefully, a very rare opportunity may come to Monoy area where they may host what we term as the Eastern Final on Monday night inside the airport hangar. Yeah, it, it's going to be a tough one. I believe it's uh, Mount Carmel the Bears are looking at. Mount Carmel with a very good record this year, very strong team too. So that should be a great, great game. You know, you talk about Mount Carmel, and, I mean, they're going to be one of the opponents we're going to say about our, our game later on today where uh, this Northumberland Christian uh, school that uh, Nativity has taken on, they played Mount Carmel. Yeah, and Norrie's coming in at 21-3. and three. They played Mount Carmel. They won by one. Nori 55, Mount Carmel 54. So, you know, there's some things there that we're going to have to uh, look at and say, hmm, you know, when we get a, a check eye and get a feeling for this North, uh, Northumberland Christian school, that might be able to give us a gauge on, you know, what they are, Mount Carmel, and, you know, what Nori is, and we'll have to – you know, work our magic burn is uh, we'll get our numbers out and start plugging them into the old uh, WPPA electronic device, as you call it. We got numbers galore to throw at you when that game show <laughs> comes around. 
So, uh, you know, let's talk about the mono area last night. Uh, they get the victory burn over uh, Bishop McDevitt uh, as they travel down there to uh, outside the city of brotherly love, uh, just shy of the skyscrapers, I believe, uh, from uh, some pictures I saw on social media. And uh, they uh, are in that final four, uh, dominating last night in every uh, part of the ball game, rolling out to an 8-6 advantage after one, pushing that 38-10 by the half. 38, uh, 18-6, I'm sorry, I said eight, uh, 38, I said 18-6, I'm sorry, uh, advantage uh, after the quarter, 38-10 by the half last night, and it was all Monoy area from there on out as uh, you want to look here a little bit. Um, well, Edward, I'm looking at the fourth quarter score. Uh, the other guys seven, Monoy five. So apparently it was a, a case of who let the dogs out as the Bears took their ease in that fourth period or could yeah. have been even worse. I would have to think because, yeah, I mean, you, you're looking here, Burn, and, and, and getting a, a few Bear games under our belt this season. I'm looking here. You have Durr that was checked in. Uh, you have uh, Keysock that got the considerable playing time last night. McCleary got considerable playing time. Cavanus Bowles uh, checking in last night for the uh, Lady Bears. And uh, you look at those quarters, Burn, 13-9 uh, to nine in that third quarter after being up 38-10 to 10, uh, going out of the half. So uh, it was pretty much sealed up with a 51-19 uh, to uh, 19 uh, end of three, and then uh, it was all just uh, downhill from there. As uh, the Bears, though, burn, shoot the lights out in southern Philly because they drop not one, not two, but nine, ten, eleven triples last night in that ball game. Must have been a shooter's paradise there, banging home that many threes. Wow, Bears normally known for hitting the threes, not that many. Guess who was on fire? Nonetheless, uh, scoring 16 last night, leading all scorers in a ball game is Claudia Clark, and she drained four triples. Yeah, and <laughs> tough to beat a team that's going to make that many threes in a game. Uh, if you're listening to the NCAA playoffs, that's a point they made. If a team is going to pull an upset, one of the key things they've got to do is hit a multitude of threes. Keysock checks in last night. She uh, drains three uh, triples last night. Will finish the ball game off with 11 as she adds a deuce in on her effort from the floor last night. Then you have uh, Moss. She drains uh, two of her five field goals for three. And then she uh, adds in uh, three uh, uh, deuces. Uh, and then McGrory, she has a triple last night. And Babinski with a triple last night. That's one of her uh, two shots from the field for her five points. And McGrory, that was one of her shots of two from the field for her five points last night. Uh, score, uh, closing out the scoring for uh, the uh, Lady Bears. Yeah, that's all five of them. Uh, Kramer, I'm sorry, has a field goal for two points last night in uh, the effort. And uh, you look at Bishop McDevitt burn, and there's a whole bunch of names in here, followed by a whole bunch of snowballs. and uh, Or we could call them tulip bulbs, I guess, now since we're in the spring. Uh, their leading scorer not in double figures last night as uh, they lead the way. It's Oba Frenta. Uh, with nine last night, uh, four from four from the stripe. She went uh, 
as a team, they go six of ten from the stripe. Uh, Posey, she uh, has three field goals and a two of six uh, trip to the line for eight last night. And White, uh, she has uh, three field goals for six last night. That's the scoring. It's uh, nope. I'm sorry. Greenberg also had a, a triple last night. That's all the scoring. Four girls uh, out of about ten that hit the uh, scorebook last night, getting points for uh, Bishop McDevitt. And uh, looking overall, Mono area, 21 shots on the field, three or four from the charity line for 56, where McDevitt's a nine from the field, six of ten from the stripe for 26 last night. Well, according to Coach Moucheron, the opponents came out in a 3-2 zone, probably not too enthusiastic of a 3-2 zone, and the Bears' last, uh, eyes probably lit up when they saw that because they just bombed over the top of that and, and – one going away. Yeah. So uh, we'll get Coach Moosh on, as she's talked about, coming up right around 930 this morning. And we'll talk to him about last night's game and about what's on the docket for uh, Monday night. And uh, we'll hopefully get a uh, feel of uh, how he feels about the uh, – Next door neighbor, Mount Carmel Red Tornadoes, is they're not that far apart, Burn, as you look at it, you know, just a little trip across 54, and you can find yourself uh, in Mount Carmel, so uh, not that hard to get to, and, you know, it's probably as the crow flies 15 miles. Well, I made that trip last night, and I'm sure you can figure out why. Oh, you went to that uh, on Willow Street on the corner. That's the one. Ah, at the old Machucci's last night. What did you have? Uh... Same thing we get every Friday night when we go there. Large pie, half shrimp, and Ooh. a clam chowder for me and a salad for Kathleen. Wow, very nice. Nice trip into uh, Red Tornado Country. Let's talk about the other team uh, playing up on top of Lawton's Hill tonight, uh, last night. And boy, the fireworks were going off as they walk away with a 72-70 to victory over St. John Newman and Last night was kind of crazy, I guess. Uh, going into that ball game, a lot of people split right down the middle on uh, prognosticating on who was going to win on that one. The lines locally says, pick them. Yeah, and uh, Newman's every year is, is very, very good up there. And uh, I can remember Mono with a good team going up there not too long ago. And uh, Newman winning that game. And according uh, <laughs> To what we were seeing here, boy, that fourth quarter must have been wow, all kind of stuff happening. Yeah, it must have been a crazy fourth quarter. Chaz Hepler calling me last night and he's saying, Wow, baby, was that a ball game? One for the ages. He says it had everything it had breakaway dunks, it had blocks, it had uh, steals, it had everything you could think of what could happen in a basketball game last night. And he's like, Man. Was it one of the most exciting games, if not the most exciting game he has wow. ever called in wow. his career? Yeah, it must have been a dandy because, again, the Nativity had like a five-point lead fairly late. And then the, a bunch of turnovers started happening. And then all kind of crazy stuff. Nativity, I, or I'm sorry, Newman got a steal with like uh, three seconds left or something like that and had a bomb shot that that almost went in and would have pulled out the game. So, wow, it must have been a fun game to watch. When you look at this uh, scoring, the box score burn, you look at three quarters won by Nativity. The first quarter of 1914 Nativity Vantage. The second quarter of 15-9. 
The third quarter, a 21-19. And in the fourth, as you talked about, St. John Newman comes back and wins almost in the title fight. And it would have been in the fourth quarter as they take a 28-17 fourth quarter advantage. Yeah, and, and took it right down to the wire. So Nativity had an outstanding first three quarters and a, a little bit of uncomfortableness in that fourth, but they hung on to win and extend their season. What are they, something like 20 and four, 24 and four now? Great record, great season up there at Nativity. When you look at it, you know, I mean, and, and here here's, you know, something that's amazing. When you hear a 72-70 ball game, you're thinking, boy, they're, they they shot the, the lights out there, nailing them from three-point range. You look at it, Nativity only dumps in three triples last night. Keegan Brennan, uh, Cooper Avich, and Kagan Hurts, each with a single triple last night, and that's it. There was only nine points of those 72 scored from downtown, and that is something that you, you got to look and, and start diving into numbers a little bit here and try to digest what happened here. And right now I could tell you that the Twin Towers up on Lawton's Hill is what happened as they combined for 49 points last night. Keegan Hurts uh, dumps in 24, 10 from the uh, field. Uh, and three of six from the line, you think, wow, 24 points. He's got to lead the team and lead the uh, uh, game in scoring. Nope. Marquise Radcliffe, nine field goals, seven of 12 from the line for 25 last night. Then you look at the rest of the uh, effort put in. Jake Huffman dumps in eight last night, uh, four field goals, 0 for 1 from the line last night for Jake uh, for his eight points. Uh, let's see who else here. Uh, Brennan, he gets five last night. Uh, that triple and then a, a deuce. Uh, Walborn, Julius Walborn, uh, one field goal, one of two from the stripe for his three points. Uh, Cooper Avich, uh, one triple last night. Uh, Brady, uh, or J nope. Uh, let's see who else checks in. Miller checks in last night, two of two from the charity stripe. And uh, Sipes uh, last night goes a two from five from the line last night for his two points. 27 field goals, 15 of 28 from the charity stripe for 72 points for the Hilltoppers. And uh, Devion Hill, he leads the way of all scorers last night with his 34 burn. 13 from the line, two from, the, uh, I'm sorry, 13 from the field, two of those being triples. Six of ten from the charity stripe for his thirty-four. Um, that leads all scorers. David Hill seven field goals, one or two from the stripe for his seventeen. He also had two triples last night. Uh, Burke Holder one for uh, two points last night. Clay has five last night. Dimick has six. Uh, Week Schuler has two, and Smith has four last night. 28 field goals for St. John Newman. Eight of 19 from the line for 70. Eight of 19 from the line, not 50% or better burn, and uh, that is the killer there yeah. for St. John Newman. It came back to haunt them as that number one score you mentioned, I think, had a, a two-shot technical foul with Nativity up two and managed, I think, make only one of those. So Apparently that game was the guards against the, the inside guys. Nativity's 
multitude of their points coming from the inside and Newman's coming from the perimeter. And so, I mean, we talked about this um, a, a few times here on uh, the uh, program. Chaz and I, we've talked about it when we covered Nativity's boys basketball. We have seen this progression burn over the last few years. It all started, what, two years ago? They sent us up to Lawton Hill and we're like, we've got to schedule heavy of Nativity games and we're going to make this place our home here. And supposed to have a good game and good team and well it was sort of one of those like were we right as we hit the half and you know nativity settled down in the second half and things started to flow a little bit and they get the victory and it was a close one and after that we just seen this nativity team just gel and gel and gel and gel and then last year they're one of the teams left playing out of the three. Isn't it amazing? The three teams that were left playing last year when everything shut down in March because of the coronavirus still alive this morning uh, in state playoff action. Yeah, Nativity's been on an excellent, excellent run for like the last three years. I think two years ago, you and I were following them deep into the playoffs. I remember a game at Reading against a Philly area team that they weren't given a whole lot of chance to win. And it took them a while, but then they wound up going away with that win. Uh, some music school or something like that, I think, was in the title of the, the school. But again, one thing that's it's impressing me now about Nativity is how many kids they play. And, and even the big guys, Hertz and Ratcliffe, are subbed out from time to time. So Mike Walburn doing a great job working everybody into that lineup. I remember, I guess it was the, the Pottsville game we saw, and uh, Cooper Average comes off the bench. He hit a huge three late in the game, and I'm just impressed with how well they're, they're playing so many kids and not losing a step when they do that. And uh, hopefully they can avoid foul trouble, and, and that's one of the things that'll, that'll help that is to have, know that you've got good people coming off the bench to fill in. Yeah, and I mean, when you talk about that, you know, Sipes comes in a lot of times. We'll give a breather to either Keegan or Hertz or, uh, uh, Hertz or Radcliffe, uh, and they don't lose much in height-wise. Sipes is, Sipes is another guy that stands about 6'4 or so and, and, and clogs up down low underneath and, uh, you know, bust on the boards and all that stuff. So, I mean, they don't lose a lot, and, you know, uh, Mike Walborn, I mean, right now has to be sitting thinking, all right, we got through that one. That one was close. Up next, another team that is just as good as St. John Newman and going to be another tough one. And, I mean, there are no easy games right now per se. No, again, well, other than Monteary, the last opponent. So you're in the Final Four or just about in the Final Four, and you're kind of winnowing out the teams that shouldn't be there. And, and anybody who's left at that point got to have some game. Yeah, you've got to have some game. And, I mean, right now, it, it's almost like a lot of times I, I like to say when you get down to this point in the ball game, 90% of it is going to be out on the field and a big crucial 10% of it is going to be on the bench. And that 10% is where you're going to win. It's going to come for that, that uh, coaching prowess or, 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 you know, a good decision made at the opportune time on the bench. Well, again, uh, another big factor you got to weigh in there is experience. Like how many teams have been this far deep into the playoffs. And it, it's got to be uh, like a new experience sometimes. And on the other hand, it's got to be like we've been there, done that 
type of deal. And, and you see so many teams that they year after year are deep into the playoffs. So I think that's another key thing to weigh in there. Who, who's been there, done that before, and, and favor them a little bit when it comes to a matchup. And, uh, wow, so <laughs> looking forward to the, the next rounds because there's some dandy games on the docket and the championship weekend coming up soon. You know what I like about Nativity right now? Are going uniforms? against some of these other schools? Mm, can't wait to hear. You know, some of these other schools you talk about that are there year after year after year, you could sit back and you'll hear people talk and you'll hear things like, oh, well, yeah, the, the girl from or the boy from so-and-so and the, the, the kid from – and all these kids are from the local region. You know it and I know it. There's nobody from, you know – a state away or a, a, an ocean away. Remember, there wasn't there a girl one time from like from Africa or something that oh, came yeah. to play for one of the uh, Philly schools or or whatever. There was a whole big uh, hoopla about that uh, about three years ago. And you know, these kids are all local athletes uh, within uh, within fifteen miles of the school. Let's say. Yeah, my son Brendan teaches at a school called Columbia, and they played Linden Hall. And not too long ago, and, and Brent said they had a couple of kids from out of the country, Africa, as you mentioned. So it's not unusual at this point to see that. And I know a couple of years ago, the the Lady Bears had a really, really tough loss uh, on a crazy shot at the buzzer. And it came from a kid who had just moved into the, the area during the season. And I think that's one of the reasons that that's not allowed anymore with the, the transfers not being allowed to play in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and I mean, it, it's it, 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 I mean, people say, well, you know, they've been getting away with it. They've been getting away with it. It's had been happening for years, and it's this, it's that. Well, you know, sooner or later, you know, it's great when a local team or a team full of local students that have been – at the program within you know the area for how long overcome some of these uh, aka factories i like to term them as factories as they seem to just produce and produce and produce and i understand a lot of people say well yeah we got one of those uh, football things over the hill over there you know that wins ba uh, championships year after year uh, over there over the hill there by the phoenix you know you got this uh, school over there listen I've said it, and I said it time and time again, Burn. If you're in the area and you have to move five miles to put your kid in a situation to play for a championship or to get noticed by something or someone, you do that for your kids. You don't move a state or two away, maybe. You know, I mean, just a, well, hey, we're going to move over here, you know. But if you're within that area, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. You do it. You make that decision for your kids. Well, that argument's been around for a while, Edward, and it's never going to go away. So, well, I think apparently there was a call for it or something to be done or else that uh, transfer not in the playoffs rule wouldn't have been implemented. So, But it's, it's, it can't be the easiest thing on the kids either. Although, Charlie and I, when we did that Bangor Blue Mountain game, we were in New Jersey. <laughs> we had to go into New Jersey on Route 80. I thought, Shim, we must have missed the exit. But we went into New Jersey, then came back in the Bangor. So that, that like, borders New Jersey. So, 
Wow, it must have been an interesting scenario sometimes for who ends up where. Well, uh, you know, hey, if you got to go to school and go through the other state, what stops the other state from coming to school? That's true. <laughs> I guess that's what they could use as a, an excuse, right? I would think so. I'm telling you what we're going to do. We're going to take a time out. We're going to dial up Eric Moucheron. We'll talk to him about the game last night and about the brawl for it all coming up this Monday. It's WPPA Sports Saturday right here on AM 1360. A106 FM. Round the world, WPPARadio.com. Don't forget the app. Check it out on the App Store. It's WPPA Sports Saturday. You miss it? We're a podcast. Google, Apple, and Spotify are on our host site, anchor.fm. It's WPPA Sports Saturday. Coverage of the PIAA basketball playoffs continue this Saturday. It's matinee action as the Nativity Golden Girls battle Northumberland Christian in a single-A quarterfinal matchup. Tip-off is set for 1 p.m. from Northumberland Christian High School. Our coverage begins with the Lehigh Valley Health Network pregame show, Nativity and Northumberland Christian, this Saturday afternoon. The PIAA basketball playoffs are home on WPPA AM 1360 and WPPA 106 FM. Life is about motion, so orthopedic injuries are just a part of life. Phoenix Physical Therapy helps you rise to new heights after an injury by creating a program focused on you. With direct access, you can easily schedule an appointment at one of our convenient clinic locations in Hotsville, Orwigsburg, Brockville, Pine Grove, or Gratz. Your community selected Phoenix is the proud winner of the 2020 Republican Herald Reader's Choice Award. Your life should be pain-free, filled with activities that you love. With the help from Phoenix, you can recover, recharge, and rise. Visit phoenixphysicaltherapy.com to schedule your physical therapy visit. WPPA is proud to bring you another exciting season of Philadelphia Phillies baseball. The Phillies open the 2021 campaign against the Atlanta Braves on Thursday, April 1st at 3.05 from Citizens Bank Park. WPPA now has an app for your Android and Apple devices. You can take WPPA everywhere you go. It's easy. Just go to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and search 106-FM space WPPA and download it today. Welcome back here to WPPA Sports Saturday. Don't forget we got you some single-A girls quarterfinal action here today. As Nativity will travel up to take on Northumberland Christian. We're going to call him Nori Bernie when we're on the program. Don't get excited. We're not having sushi. But we'll have some Nori on the program. Nori's the seaweed. Oh, okay. You're, you're looking kind of confused. Not a, a sushi guy. So not a sushi I, I guy. needed that instruction. Well, a guy that likes to eat raw fish right out of the river. He's the Papa Bear of the Mono Area Lady Golden Bears. And he's moving on to the semifinal. And Coach Eric Moucheron, good morning to you. Congratulations. And boy, is this some of that unfinished business from last year getting answered. Good morning, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure speaking with you this morning. Always a good time talking to you, Bernie. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I'll tell you what, the, the unit block of East Monoy is so proud of what you've accomplished this year with the coaching the Bears and being the first-year AD in a challenging season. So our congratulations go out to you there. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, Coach, you know, I, I let in there that, uh, you know, last year at this time, everything shuts down in the corona world. 
And the Lady Bears were still alive and left with a bunch of question marks, but those question marks are getting answered with exclamation points this season. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, when everything shut down last year, we, we felt so terrible for our seniors. Um, Jordan, Emily, and Alexis put so much time in over the years, and to have their high school careers cut short like that, we knew we, we had to come back even stronger this year. So I, I think my senior class this year really took it upon themselves to get back to where we are and fight to surpass that and surpass expectations throughout the season. Yeah, I, I think, uh, Eric, that uh, you lost a ton of firepower with uh, Emily uh, Lawrence and Jordan Carmonic, and, and I don't think a whole lot of people expected the Bears to accomplish what they've done this year without those two. But you're spreading the scoring around a little bit. And as you said, people who had to step up their game have stepped up their game. And you've continued to uh, do well in the league and continue in deep into the state playoffs. And I think that's what's made us uh, have as successful runs as we've had in the past years. We've never really had that one person. Um, this year, the exception, Claudia seems to be taking the scoring reins for us. Um, but for the most part, we've never had that one person that has really been our 17 to 20 point scorer it's always been so spread out and which has has helped us tremendously because then teams can't focus on a, a sole person um now claudia has taken a lot of the offensive reins this year but that's not to discredit any of the other girls that we have because on any given night uh any of my girls can can score 13 to 15 points i feel you know eric you talk about claudia clark and i go back about two years ago and i remember her coming off the bench as a sixth or seventh girl in a lot of ball games and watching her and thinking man she's going to be something special in a few more years and for her to stick it out know her role saying hey you're good enough to be a starter or any other team around the schuylkill league but here at mono area we've got a few girls ahead of you but trust me your day is going to come how important was it for her to stay focused and know what her role was and you hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, she, she was a product of being on very, very good teams. Um, we have been very fortunate to have some tremendous guards over the years. And you're right, she could have started on any other team in the league, I feel. And she kind of waited her turn. She came to practice every day. She got to practice against those girls and improve her game to the point where by the time her junior year came around, she knew, okay, this is my time. This is my turn to take over the reins. And she's just been she, – she's a phenomenal teammate. Um, she, she's not a very – she's not an outspoken girl. I mean, before taking over, I mean, the conversations are very minimal with most of my girls. They're not very outspoken hmm. across the board. They don't show a ton of emotion. But she's just kind of one that came to work every day, worked hard, got better, knew her time was about to come last year, and really took over. Well, I think she's got some good genes going there, too, does she not? I, I can remember her mom, Doretta, being the point guard for the Lady Bears back in the day. I believe Doretta was on our state championship team in 98, if I'm not mistaken. I think you could be right. So, you, you I know, wonder if they're playing one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you talk about, I mean, like, that just is perfect to sum up my next question. You know, you got Claudia, who comes from a, a line of, of young women who were champions and, and passed it on to their daughters and, and, and know that excitement. But the program, and when we talk about the program, we see the success of the last few years. How do things look down as are more kids starting to come out saying, I want to be the next Claudia Clark. I want to be the next, you know, uh, Jordan Carmonic. I want to be the next, you know, Lady Bear that they're all talking about in the newspaper. You know, it, at a small school like Monterey, it, it really goes in waves. 
the the numbers there's some years we've have if i look at our banners over the past couple years we've had 25 girls on our roster this year we're looking at 11 um we only currently have one sophomore one freshman i'm hoping the morale around school currently changes that we get some more girls interested um we have some decent numbers at the middle school uh at the middle school grades Um, i'm getting about three or four eighth graders incoming freshmen next year um, there's a good group of seventh and sixth graders coming up through the system that I'm excited about. Um, but I mean, with any small school, it goes in waves. You have years where you get six, seven girls out of a class, and now I'm I, I see with these two classes, I'm only getting one. So it really it it, it fluctuates from year to year. Yeah, I, I think a key there, Eric, is you can't have two down years back to back. Right. And that really devastates the program. So if you can get you know come back from a year with one kid coming. Then, then you can hang in there and continue the success you're enjoying. Right, right. And if we can, we always say if we can get three to four decent players out of a class, I mean, we're we're going to have success if we can spread that out over the four grades. Problem is, with with these two classes, minimal numbers, we we're going to have to go out and hopefully this this spurs some interest in those grades. Eric, let's talk about you know Bernie alluded to it. Uh, talent, uh, uh, the listener that you're the first time uh, AD, first year head coach. And, well, not a normal world, really, as we look at it. How challenging was it in the beginning? We've talked to coaches where they've just finally got two days of practice in a row in the last week or two. It, it's I, I can't even put it into words how these last four months have been. Um, the, the raw emotions, um, just from the coaching point of view of it, you know, you, you've finally get in the gym for workouts maybe mid mid to late october we finally thought we had something going then november comes and we find out now we have to practice with masks on uh late november leading into december we're leading up to our first game we get shut down for three weeks and just like for the things that these girls have had to overcome i mean it makes this even better for them that they have been able to overcome all of these hurdles that were put in front of them and we were able to continue to have success. We've had we had games or weeks throughout our season where we played four games. It was it wasn't uncommon for us to play Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday just to get our games in. And and I wanted to be able to play the competition um, and balance that competition versus practice to have the girls experience the full high school basketball experience. Yeah, and again, especially knowing that last year how it ended, you you certainly don't want to repeat of that. So, and I think Eric, a big thing, and, and especially to your credit, being first year, is that there's no game plan for this. You, you can't like look it up in the, in the PIAA manual and say how do we handle this? What are we going to do this? And you, you had to deal with it, and obviously you've dealt with it successfully. And ultimately, I didn't know who I was going to have from one day to the next. I mean, we were very fortunate; we didn't have any. Uh, major COVID or no COVID outbreaks in our school that affected the girls' basketball team. So we were very fortunate. But on any given day, I didn't know who was going to be at practice. I stressed from the from day one: if anyone wasn't feeling good, don't come, because I didn't want to put anybody at risk. So there were days. I mean, you know as well as I do, you just get a, a cold, like you just get a runny nose. Those th- those weren't options this year. You couldn't come to practice if you didn't feel well. So I, I didn't pl- practice planning was. Uh, a headache in itself and not and then game planning on top of that not knowing if I was going to have a full team I didn't have my full roster till about our sixth or seventh game this year yeah, and another thing too I mean you you must have handled it well because the, these are 
you know, kids, they're social beings. They don't want to yeah. be by themselves. They want to be in groups and things like that and, and sharing time and experiences with their friends and their teammates. So, again, you guys must have put the right parameters in place to keep a handle on things. And honestly, I, I told the girls from the beginning, I said, I'm not going to put you in a bubble. You know, I'm not going to try and control what you do and what you don't do. I mean, these are 15 to 18-year-old girls. They're in high school. It, they're, they're go. I knew they were going to be with their friends. They're going to be at family gatherings. I wasn't about to fight that battle. I just said, you know, be smart about it. Take all the necessary precautions. Take care of yourself and just be smart. Well, it must have worked because uh, look at the NCAA's this year when you had teams quarantined up until last week, mm-hmm. and and God, now you got to go play in the NCAA's with like none, no practice and and time to get ready. So, Virginia, I think, was one of them, if I remember, and I don't know yes. how they're doing it. Yeah, I believe they were one of the last teams to get there. It's like uh, in, in a few years we won't be able to look back at this group of kids at the. Uh, you know, participated in sports in school or anything uh, in the past 12 months and say, yeah, they're a bunch of, you know, you know, weaklings. They, they, yeah. they, they're not tough. <laughs> they're tough. Trust me, they're resilient because all they have put up with, uh, I mean, in, in times where, I mean, we knew we were getting up at, at 6 o'clock in the morning. You're getting on the bus at 7. You're starting school at 7.30. You're coming home at 3 o'clock. Now you're like, well, well I'm getting up. You know, at eight o'clock, I've got to you know be regimented. I've got to be on a computer for five hours. That you know, it, it's just so much different. That's been the big thing: the the, the lack of a, a schedule. Um, we we always we never liked Saturday games because we always liked our routine of you know, like you said, going to school, coming home, going through your regular pregame routine, game at seven o'clock, um, and we that, we always hated Saturday games for that because it always screwed us up uh, mentally. Now this year. You throw in the fact, like you said, we're, we're sitting on a computer all day. There, mm-hmm. There's kids who um, are working on assignments late into the evening. I mean, it's the, the schedule overall has just been thrown off completely. And they've persevered through it. And it had to be a challenge with the physical nature of things, like staying in shape. Because you know, you got yourself after practicing to a, a level of physicality, and you certainly didn't want to lose that, but you had to lose some of it. And, and I credit the girls to this because when we had that three-week shutdown um, in December, they took it upon themselves. Um, they would they reach out to me for individual workouts. They they were still lifting and trying to keep in shape at their houses. I mean, that, that was all on them at that point because there was no contact from for the majority of the month of December. Um, and then you throw in, we come into uh, January, two weeks of practice with masks on. They had no choice but to build up their uh, strain in that three weeks we were off because we had we had to hit the ground running as soon as we got started. Well, Eric, uh, we've got to hit the ground running and start talking about uh, Mount Carmel. That's going to be your opponent Monday night. At a, did they determine a site and a time yet? I have not been given a, either of those things as of this point. Um, I just saw, as I'm on the phone with you right now, I just received a phone call from uh, Greg Sakavich. Mount Carmel's athletic director, so I don't know if he has information for me. Um, I will give him a call as soon as I get off of this, but as of right now, I haven't been given anything. And the Lady Red Tornadoes, pretty much uh, the last few years, have been a team to watch uh, in uh, neighboring Northumberland County. And uh, about 15 miles as the crow fly separates you from your next opponent, what do you know about them? 
I mean, they're they're an extremely good team. They're they're a senior oriented team. Uh, Lisa Verano is a phenomenal coach. She does a great job with the girls from year to year. Um, this this is kind of the group that they've been they've been leading up to over the past couple of years. We've had some battles with them. We played them in the regular season each of the last four years, um, and and it all starts in the middle. They have uh, number thirty two, Danny Ray Reno. She's she's just a force inside. She's a phenomenal big. She hits the boards hard. She knows how to keep the ball high when she grabs that rebound, so she just lays it back in. She doesn't bring it down, so we get our guards' hands on it. She's just a phenomenal inside presence. Um, then you have number 15, Shedleski, who is their school's all-time leading three-point shooter out on the perimeter. They do a, a great job getting her open looks. They run her off a lot of screens. They're just a very well-balanced team overall. Have you played them this year? We, we opened up the season with them. Yeah, they, they put a thumping on us early. Um, I believe it was about a 25- to 30-point game. That was our first game back after the shutdown. Um, now, I, I'm, I know we've improved since then. So have they. Um, and I'm actually sitting in my office right now. I, I have a few films on them. I've gotten some notes from a few coaches, uh, coaching friends of mine uh, that I'm going through as we speak. But, I mean, it, it's going to be a good game. We're, we're going to battle, and we're going to see what happens. Well, if you pick up anything on Nori, Northumberland Christian, who uh, lost to Mount Carmel, beat Mount Carmel by one, pass it on to us, because that's our game this afternoon that we'll be doing on the radio. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, uh, Coach Forney had sent me some notes about Nori uh, that he had had from when Nori played them. I, I haven't seen any film on them. I, I know they're a very good team. Um, so I, I, I wish Coach Forney the best today, but um, I do know they are a very good team, and they took Mount Carmel down to the wire. Well, they have two big girls uh, in the middle there that clog it up at 6-1 and 6-2 or 6-2 and 6-3, and they're twins. And Well, you know how uh, twins are. They know uh, which uh, foot's moving when and what the other one's doing all the time. And that's one thing you can't teach. You can't teach height. Yep. Yeah. We're hearing a lot about this Emily Garvin kid who has all kind of stats, and last year was a second-team All-State kid, so she must be the, the drink that – how's that thing go? Straw that stirs the drink. That's it, yes, and setting up those big kids. you got to yeah. get the, acclimated with the, the, the drinks. Yeah, metaphors? Yeah, this is the time <laughs> to enjoy a nice cold one as you're watching basketball through the stretch on the NCAA. Eric, we thank you for taking some time out of your day as you're preparing to meet the uh, Lady Red Tornadoes. We will be along the way, hopefully, on Monday evening from a site and time to be determined. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it's in the airport hangar. One final thought, Eric. Best of wishes to you and your family. Thank you very much. (laughs) Good luck with that. Thank you, Eric, for joining us, and uh, good luck. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. There you go, Eric Musher on the head coach of the Mono Area Lady Golden Bears joining us on the program. Victorious last night. Just outside the city of brotherly love. We'll match up Monday evening at a site and time to be determined. It could be at Mono Area's home facility, Bernie. And boy, would that be rocking for a state semifinal game. We will be back. We'll talk some more here this morning about some basketball. And we'll also get you primed and ready for that Saturday morning oldie show. It's WPPA Sports Saturday. Listen live on AM 1360, A106 FM, and around the world, WPPARadio.com. Don't forget the app. You can find it on the app stores. We're also a podcast if you missed the live broadcast. 
Catch us on Apple, Google, Spotify, our host site, Anchor.fm. It's WPPA Sports Saturday. WPPA's coverage of the PIAA basketball playoffs continue this Saturday. It's matinee action as the Nativity Golden Girls battle Northumberland Christian in a single-A quarterfinal matchup. Tip-off is set for 1 p.m. from Northumberland Christian High School. Our coverage begins with the Lehigh Valley Health Network pregame show, Nativity and Northumberland Christian, this Saturday afternoon. The PIAA basketball playoffs are home on WPPA AM 1360 and WPPA 106 FM. Folks at Gears Dairy would like to thank all of you for your overwhelming support of our new raspberry tea. No matter the weather, the raspberry iced tea and diet decaf raspberry are the perfect blends. Not too sweet, not too mellow, perfectly refreshing. Plus, you can enjoy all of their iced teas, fruit drinks, and milk products. Gears Dairy on the Tumbling Run Road, the county's oldest family-owned dairy. Ah, sip on, Schuylkill County. WPPA's Polka Time, Sundays 1 till 3 p.m. Hi, Paul Congress inviting you to tune in to the widest variety of the newest and best polkas here on WPPA. So set your dial to 1360 WPPA 106 FM or on the web WPPARadio.com. Let's make it a date. Welcome back, WPPA Sports Saturday. Don't forget today we've got High school basketball on the way. It's a quarterfinal action between Nativity and Northumberland Christian Girls Single A. From Northumberland Christian starting right around 1230 this afternoon. You'll join Bernie, myself, and Joey Shimo from Northumberland Christian for the pregame. And then tip-off scheduled for 1 p.m. right here. Don't forget, following high school basketball, CBS Sports Radio, all of your March Madness updates that you'll need throughout the day. If you're out and about, it's right here on WPPA. And, uh, oh, wow, look at half kegerator coming in now already. He's here early. I told him 1030. He's here at, at 952. He's ready, rip, rock, and roaring to head on the uh, bus trip to uh, Northumberland. And, uh, Joey, uh, you could step up to that mic. It might oh, be a little okay. bit bigger. Step up to the mic. Don't forget, it's uh, 10 till noon here, Monday through Friday. Join Jay-Z, Deb, and Jerry, the chat pack. And uh, you could call in live at uh, 570-622-7800. Uh, but uh, let's talk about a little bit of the brackets. They're hanging out there outside the wall. Did anybody want to admit anything at all? They're busted. Will, oh, badly, badly. Ohio State. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Well, I I was sitting here in dismay this morning thinking, man, I'm going to look bad on the radio station bracketology. I'm not going to be too good. I picked Ohio State to win the championship. Uh-oh. And then I looked, I was like, no, I have Michigan. Here at my other place of employment, there's a few of us that got together for some bragging rights. And uh, uh, I looked at it, and I was like, oh, that's where I chose Ohio State to beat Michigan. (laughs) That's half of your bracket wiped out with Ohio State playing Michigan in the final. I'm I'm still, I have Illinois and uh, Gonzaga in my final. I like Gonzaga cheese on my uh, uh, burgers. Oh, that's Gorgonzola. <laughs> that's Gorgonzola. That was Asiago. Joey, how are you doing after one night of uh, action in the NCAA? To be honest with you, I have no idea. I know my final four. I picked Gonzaga, Oklahoma State, Baylor, 
and I forget who the other one was. Well, Gonzaga's still going. Yeah. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's State still going. Baylor won. So. Baylor won. Yeah. So I, I forget who my fourth team is. I actually picked Wisconsin to go a little bit far in my bracket. I thought they were too up and downish this year. And uh, did you see them play last night, though? No, not not a single play of that game. They crushed the Tar Heels. Yeah, yeah I, I see part of that. I was watching the Tivity game on the, the Facebook, the live stream, but I seen parts of it. It was it was a blowout. It wasn't even close. Yeah, I mean, I met up with a bunch of friends last night at 10.30 at night, and uh, they said to me, Doc, did you see the Nativity game? I said, no, I was watching uh, Sarah, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, UNC get beat by Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Doc, you missed a heck of a Nativity game. I was like, I didn't even know. I, I, I'm not... I'm not regimented to this new style of uh, the uh, broadcasting, yeah. you know, with, with the uh, streaming services available at these different schools. And I just wasn't, you know, thinking like, oh, I should look, you know, for the game. And uh, I, I mean, I will be honest. These are four days that I really like uh, being a sports fan. I'm not a big uh, sit down and watch a basketball game in December or January on television. But, man, when it hits March... I'm there. Oh, I had to. My mom was laughing last night. She said, "Joey, you have four TVs going, the iPad going. Hey, different games all over the place." <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing. You can watch so many. It's not like one at a time. And uh, well, it's it's such a great time of year, though. Get the playoffs for basketball for high school, and and now Final Four or the March Madness is starting, and it, it's just a fun time. I, I know. Back when I was teaching, I could. Kind of, e- I shouldn't admit this, but I could kind of easily be talked into tuning up the games <laughs> in the classroom and, and checking out how things are going. Well, I, I will be honest. Uh, one of the, uh, I mean, uh, great uh, friendships that I forged over my many years of being, uh, you know, around higher ed students, it actually came uh, due to the uh, March Madness uh, tournament where I was sitting in a math class and a boy next to me kept on like looking at his phone. And I was like, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? And he's like, watching the Duke game. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, put it up so I can see. <laughs> and ever since that day, that young man and I have had, you know, a, a friendship uh, forged. And, and it's funny because uh, the other day I, I had uh, just uh, sent him a, a message and said, hey, just think about four years ago, we were sitting in a math class and uh, watching Duke. <laughs> and now this year, you don't get to watch Duke. No, no. or Kentucky. Or Kentucky. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I mean, just like we were talking to Eric and all, Joey. And this is the crazy part about this. Oh, absolutely. And I think I, I've seen a, a stat too. They said this is the first year that the Sweet 16 won't have Duke, North Carolina, or Kentucky in it. Wow. In like 25 years that one of those three teams wasn't in it. Wow. And it was interesting some of the stuff they did on, on they had all these factors on you're not going to win it if and they went through a whole bunch of factors and eliminated a ton of the teams like if you lost in the first round of your conference playoffs you won't be in it and I don't know well it's interesting to see some of these teams we didn't hear about all year who turned out to be pretty good teams like Villanova had a tough one with Winthrop. And uh, Liberty gave somebody a good game, and uh, Oral Roberts. Oh my! So teams you wouldn't normally know anything about, and hard to pick. Therefore, are doing well. Well, you talk about Oral Roberts. Uh, I think that the victory yesterday over uh, the number two seeded Ohio State Buckeyes 
uh, was their first uh, tournament win in 45 years. And then somebody else got their first tournament win in 50 years. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just it's pretty, I think more so this year than any year, I think it's open for anybody. You know, just because you know, the t- every t- all the teams are in the same boat where you might have had a COVID outbreak where you were missing games and you couldn't practice, you couldn't do this. Like, I look at one game was, I think they said they played three teams all year. Was it? I think it was Colgate. Yeah. They played Colgate, Navy, Army, and I forget who the other school was, but they're the only four teams that played each other all year. I think Lehigh might have been that fourth team because yeah. the Patriot League went on like a grouping type thing where you only played a few schools who like did, four who times. Did, who did Colgate play yesterday? Was it Arkansas? No, yeah. it was somebody better. That was, yeah, it was Arkansas. Yeah. It was Arkansas, yeah, because uh, they showed uh, uh, coming into that game last night the coach from uh, from Arkansas, his pep speech, and then he squeezed a tube of Colgate out onto the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I think Colgate was up at halftime, were they not? Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, that was a very good game. Yeah. I watched some of that, too. It was close all the way through, and then Arkansas just wore them out at the end, but it was a great game. Well, uh, Bernie, you've got uh, some uh, ties coming up later tonight. You'll have to stay up late tonight. You're up early this morning. A late one tonight is the final game of the first round tonight. We'll feature Monoy City's native son, Mike Rhodes, and the VCU Rams. Going to be a tough one, too. And uh, saw them play against St. Bonnie's in the, the league championship. And, and St. Bonnie's looked really, really good in that game. So I think Mike... They can win that, but they're going to really have to play well to win it. Well, we'll have to see that one, uh, as a lot of people in uh, Schuylkill County will be uh, rooting for the native son of Monolay City. And uh, I'm going to stay up and watch that one, too. So maybe I'll give you a text just to make sure your eyes oh, are no. still open. <laughs> Joey, we'll I don't have here. to worry about you. You're a night owl, uh, yeah, we'll early bird, everything. Depends what day of the week it is. Well, it is Saturday <laughs> night in Schuylkill County. And you know what Saturday nights in Schuylkill County are for in the month of March? What's that? The NCAA tournament. Absolutely. <laughs> wings, wings, and some uh, cold uh, drinks. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's what might be in my future for this evening. Is uh, you know, we've got to get ready to head on out of here this morning. Is uh, we'll remind you, Nativity Northumberland Christian, twelve thirty for the pregame. One o'clock is going to be tip off from Northumberland Christian. You'll join Joey, myself, and Bernie up there in Northumberland. And uh, well, it's the first time we'll see a Northumberland County school hopefully this week as uh, Monoy area moving on after a win last night. They'll meet up with Mount Carmel and Nativity boys moving on after a win last night. Who did they meet up with, Bernie? Did we talk about that? Who's that? Nativity, Nativity boys? No, I don't think we did. I'll have to check the paper. We'll have to check the uh, little uh, electronic device here, Bern, as we'll quickly get the this one here. It will be Nativity taking on La Academia Charter, Lancaster Catholic High School, 7 p.m. Monday evening. That game lined up for on uh, hopefully the broadcast network as that one from Lancaster Catholic High School and Monoy will be hosting the semifinal game Monday night at 7 in the Monoy area high school. It's Monoy and Mount Carmel on Monday night. 
We've got to thank Gears Dairy, Schuylkill County's oldest family-owned full-service dairy on the Tumbling Run Road. They've got the mil uh, dairy line from whole milk to skim milk, the orange juice to bump up that vitamin C this cold and flu season, and, of course, the delicious iced tea and fruit drink products. Sip on, Schuylkill County. And when you've got an injury or a nagging pain, don't forget to look towards phys uh, Phoenix Physical Therapy. It's Phoenix. Five convenient locations here in Schuylkill County. Frackville. Pottsville, Orangeburg, Pine Grove, and Gratz. You can recover, recharge, and rise like the Phoenix. It's Phoenix Physical Therapy. We've got to say thank you to Eric Moucheron, the head coach of the Monoy Area Lady Golden Bears. They're moving on Monday night. They'll host the game. Nativity travels to Lancaster Catholic Monday night. It's WPPA Sports Saturday on WPPA Pottsville. Translator W290DP Pottsville.